today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. What? No Matt, no Jeff, that's all right. You got Jay Scotty, you got Matthew Fox, and Melissa Khalil here. We are talking Hawkeye Episode 4, Partners, am I right? Get to that right after these ads we have no control over. Everyone, welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I am Melissa Khalil, and no Matt, no Jeff today, but we've got an amazing crew of people to talk about Hawkeye episode four. We've got Jay Scotty St. Clair. Hello, hello. And we've got Matthew Fox as well. Cats are away, the mice are going to have some fun today. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into it. It is 3 a.m. Central Time. We all just watched the episode. So we just... (laughs) Let's just get our instant reactions. Scotty. Well, I, I'm completely blown away at the by the end of this episode. Yelena is one of my favorite characters, especially one of the most more recent um, additions to the MCU. And Florence Pugh, I mean, absolutely kills it. We only got to see her very briefly, but the action was just uh, completely over the top. I did appreciate the fact after such a... Um, big and bombastic episode that we got last week in terms of like action and special effects that this one took the time to be a little bit slower and reflective um, in the beginning, but definitely um, ended on such a high note. I'm really, really loving Hawkeye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, anyone who's listened to the other Hawkeye cast, I have been clamoring for Yelena ever since the beginning and we finally got her. Yes. So excited. The second I saw her do the, the flip, it's like, oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! <laughs> and then the the red like widow's bite. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, I just I know I'm no Ashley. I will never be Ashley. No one ever can. But <laughs> when she took off her mask, the hair, the back braid was the same hair that mm-hmm. Nat had in Black Widow. I was like, oh my god, it's happening! Okay, facts. Yeah, I, I was kind of up and down on this episode in that like I feel like the. The high points in Yelena's appearance definitely is one of them. Were really really good. Uh, I loved the kind of you know uh, Clint talking about being uh, you know that he was Ronan and talking a little bit about that. The whole speech about you know what he was and 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 the, the idea of being a weapon. Uh, and we'll definitely get all that. I loved. I I didn't. There was also it felt like a lot of kind of filler moments. A lot of stuff where I was just like, all right, come on, let's 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 get to it. And. And, and in terms of that fight at the end, I'm curious. I don't know if this was just my TV or whatever. I felt like the lighting of that fight scene was awful. Like, I couldn't see what was going on for most of it. And it was great once I realized, like, Yelena, it was a great reveal. But I, I wish I'd had more, um, more ability to see what was happening in that fight. What was that like for you all? Were you able to really kind of see what was happening? I don't think I had any issues. I think, for me, it was fine. But I was watching in a dark room. the lighting in particular did not um stand out to me as bad i think there were a couple of edits in the beginning that were a little confusing i'm thinking specifically Mm -hmm. when um kate slides and she has the bow and she kind of uses it to prop herself back up there were a couple edits right before then that i had a little bit of trouble tracking what was happening right but i I thought after that it was uh it was pretty fluid makes sense makes sense Mm -hmm. well so yeah let's talk about elena showing up um so what was so in that fight i guess we've got uh, Yelena's showing up at the same time that Maya's showing up. Is this just pure coincidence was the idea? Was there any kind of coordination between Maya and Yelena? I my, think, my sense was it was just coincidence. Yeah, because she, I think Yelena kicked Maya when Maya slid in. Right. I th- like, I think Rex. if they were working together, that wouldn't have been a, 
I don't yeah. think that would have happened. And and you mentioned the widow's bite. We didn't even see that and in, in, used into effect until it was used on Maya, and it was clear that they were you know it, it, against yeah, each was, other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for sure. With that in mind, I kind of wanted to ask: At what point were you a hundred percent sure it was Yelena or a black widow? Because it wasn't until we saw the bite for me. There was a lot of times before that we've talked about the character of uh, Eleanor portrayed by Vera Farmiga. There's been mm-hmm. some speculation that she might be a little more duplicitous than we, than we think. And uh, mm-hmm. potentially the character of Madame Mask. And especially when she spared Kate by like um, harnessing her to that attached arrow there, I was still thinking that it might've been her mom. And even when you saw the blonde hair, but mm-hmm. I think the fight style was very black widow. True. Okay. I, I know that that costume she was wearing with the like night vision goggles. I think is very comic related. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not real mm-hmm. familiar with the comics, but I think that's very much her costume from the comics. Okay. So she showed up, and I was like, <sighs> I was holding my breath a little bit until I saw the flip, and I was like, Oh, it's her! It's happening! Okay. okay. It's happening! Very oh, good. also, Hawk Hawkeye definitely does not know who Yelena is because he mm. says. Someone has hired a Black Widow assassin. Yeah. Like, he, right. he does not recognize her. He does not know who she is. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Like, I, I, like I think we might get... I, I think we were talking about this before. That we don't know how much uh, Natasha ever told Clint about her past and her, her childhood. Mm-hmm. But I think even from Natasha's perspective, she has no idea that Elena was still alive at the time that she and Clint were still talking. So... You know, I think there's no, she might have mentioned this, like, you know, traumatic experience with another girl who was in this, you know, childhood home she was in. But certainly I don't think there's any, anything she would have told Clint to let her think, oh, yeah, there's this sister of Natasha's who also became a black widow, who's also still alive, who also now wants me dead. Agreed. I think she definitely skimmed on the details. So I think that's going to be a big, big surprise for Clint. Mm hmm. Yeah. I feel like I could talk about Yelena for hours, but I know we're trying to keep it short. So we got anything else on Yelena or else I think we can move on to the watch. My final thought is just, do we have any strong feelings as to why she spared Kate? Is it just the fact that she has one target that she's going after and she's kind of reformed in that regard? She's not necessarily a ruthless killer or does she have, you know, more knowledge about Kate than, than we know there's, you know, the potential out there for young Avengers and like, this is, for all we know, their first meeting. Um, right. Just yeah. wondering if maybe there's something more there. I think the way the way I took it was it like because she kind of shook her head at Kate. To me, it was mm. like I'm going after this guy. You are definitely not as experienced as me. I could take you out easy. This isn't yeah. your You're fight. You're not who just, I'm after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I I saw that there could be two things going on, uh, both of which I think are kind of the same uh, vein as what you're talking about, Melissa. One is that, you know, she just recognizes a little bit of herself in that, you know, she sees like the young girl who wants to be a hero, but doesn't really know what's going on is in way over her head. And it's kind of like, eh, you know, come back in 10 years or, you know, <laughs> um, but the other thing is that we know that Val is putting together some kind of a team and we know that Val has incredibly good intelligence. So mm. I think it's entirely possible that she's just like, who's this girl? I don't know. She's not Hawkeye, so I don't got to worry about her. It's also possible Val said, hey, there's some crackerjack, really good archer who's hanging out with Hawkeye. Don't kill her because we may want her at some point, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's that's kind of an open thing that, I'm, that I, I like that that's open. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Now the watch. 
I think we were talking last week about the watch. Some people were thinking it was a red herring. I really don't think it is now. The watch, according to Hawkeye, belonged to someone he used to work with. I don't know if you guys picked up on, you know, any clues as to who that may be, but I'm still dumbfounded how that watch survived <laughs> the compound attack. <laughs> yeah, I'm tr- I was trying to figure out who it was, as I said, and I was thinking back to people, because part of what they said was that, like, the watch would sort of out this person and thus put them in danger. They'd become a dead person. And I- I'm trying to think of, like, who Hawkeye worked with that we know of, but kind of back in the day. And I mean, the two people who came to mind for me were Coulson, who, at least as I understand, in this universe is still very dead. You know, mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has not happened in this part of the universe. Um, and, and Dr. Selvig, who I, I don't, I, 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 we were talking about this on the Thor podcast I'm doing. As far as I know, Dr. Selvig hasn't really done anything since Thor The Dark World. So, heard of, no. and, so I mean, that could be someone. But I don't remember him ever wearing a watch, and I've been watching the Thor with quite a lot of intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's um, and just Scott, I don't know if you know from comics, is there some other Shield person who we haven't seen on screen yet, but in the comics Hawkeye was connected to? Uh, not any Shield agents per se, you know, outside of the ones that we're familiar with, like Maria Hill hill and whatnot um Mm -hmm. there has been the discussion with jack duquesne being an adaptation of jacques duquesne from the comics he's the swordsman they could potentially have him have some connections there but they obviously met face to face in this episode the only other character that could be like a great callback to um an mcu appearance that only took place once but seemed to be significant within the avengers sphere um is dr helen cho they had, you know, the brief interaction in Age of Ultron, but it seemed significant, and especially with, I'm talking about those slower moments, just seeing him, you know, put all those ice packs on the various parts of his, his body and whatnot, like, could right. be a great opportunity just to, you know, he could, sur- either one of them, Kate or him, or even Maya could, like, suffer a grievous injury, and we have to bring, mm-hmm. you know, Helen Cho back into the fold. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I, I, I am kind of, as we do this, talking myself into the idea that it might be Coulson. Because, hmm. like, in Agents, of so. Sh- in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we did a whole thing about Coulson wasn't really dead and this whole, like, you know, Tahiti thing. It, I, I think at this point they basically said that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't canon. But that means they could just do, you know, Coulson come back from the dead again. Um, and so maybe this whole time he has been in hiding. And that's the whole point of... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going off on a wild theory here and maybe it's just that I'm so excited about Netflix MCU stuff that I'm like, bring it all back. Um, (laughs) but that's what I got right now. Mm -hmm. I guess like to me, I was just thinking, I was like, like Tony Stark to me was like the obvious one. Just, it's Mm. a very expensive watch and Tony Stark was a rich man. So I don't know, but like, it was odd to me that they kept calling it a Rolex because I was thinking it was like something like a special kind of watch. Like, yeah. was it an adaptation of, you know, the, what they call it? The something sphere in Endgame, the time-traveling Mobius uh, strip. The Mobius strip oh, yeah. is yeah. correct, yeah. yeah. I was like, hmm. maybe it was an adaptation of that. But, like, it seems as though it's just a regular watch. So I'm confused yeah, I, as to the significance of it. I think it has more sentimental value or more like the, maybe there's, like, an engraving mm. on it. that. It, but, yeah, I don't think it's got, like, high tech in it or something like that. Because I think it wouldn't just be sitting out on someone's counter. 
But, but even sentimental value, why would the tracksuit mafia want it so bad? That's fair. It's, it's all very confusing, and we only have two episodes left, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the show has a lot to do in terms of, like, um, paying off who Uncle is, um, you know, giving us a satisfying conclusion to uh, to Maya, as, ver- as well as all the various other characters that are out there. But just as as long as we're going off on this speculation train here, the only other one I kind of want to entertain is maybe that we'll get a connection to She-Hulk and Bruce Banner and the fact that Bruce Banner is the other Avenger that we know, um, other than maybe like Steve that had like a, a pretty close relationship with Natasha. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Also, we do have five years of Clint being uh, Ronin during which he's working in the criminal underworld. Mm. So it's entirely possible it could be connected to any. And so it could be, I mean, it it could be Wilson Fisk's watch. It could be Mm -hmm. Charlie Cox or Charlie Cox, the actor, you know, it could be Matt Murdock's watch. Uh, There's all sorts of things that could be there. Mm -hmm. What do you all think of the, um, we can get to the kind of holiday party aspect of it, but, but because I think we may have different opinions on that or I don't know, but let's just get, let's just start with the, the conversation where, Clint does kind of come clean about that he was Ronan and and you know she's Kate really wants to like kind of just pump him back up and like no you're like you made decisions you can do different and he really is wrestling with this it seems and he talks about how um you know he was a weapon and other people pointed him what what did you think what did you kind of take away from that whole conversation I think yeah I think it was very like smart of her because she kind of figured it out and then like kind of went on like did your family you know get blipped mm-hmm. and like he was kind of like yeah just like half the world so i think mm-hmm. she kind of put the you know puzzle pieces together like you know you're ronin the reason you did this was your family disappeared yeah and like you were you know continued to do what you were trained to do so yeah. i yeah and we know as far as like kate being the pro- uh, prolific athlete and archer that she is a lot of that was motivated by the fact that she lost her father that's mm-hmm. at, at such a young age like she can totally relate to that need to to cope and to, to channel that that grief into something productive and while yeah. you know being ronin isn't necessarily the healthiest and most productive thing she can still you know um provide some empathy there which is yeah. great in building that partnership i didn't even think of that that was a great call yeah. by the way i love yeah. that connection yeah, I think you're right, though. But I, I think what I was really struck by was the way he was pushing back, because I, th- I feel like he was to me, the thing that really struck me was that that comment about he was a weapon and the right people pointed him in the right directions, because kind of what I was getting that from him. And he, and he sort of said something about this later as well, but that the way he saw it was, you know, he, it, it wasn't his decision to decide who to go after. Someone else told him, you go attack these people. And that part of where he thinks he went wrong with Ronan is that now no one else is telling him what to do. No one else was saying, these are the people you should go after. You know, now he had to make the decisions for himself. And I think he's looking back on it. Like, I really screwed up. I shouldn't have been doing that. Um, and, and to me, I just thought that was a very revealing part of his character that I'm really going to be, I, I feel like it's going to be really essential as he's figuring out how to come to terms with that legacy of Ronan and be whatever he's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's totally fair, and it it just kind of solidifies that discussion that's kind of been taking place in terms of you know is is he undergoing PTSD versus survivor's guilt and whatnot, and this is the first time that we actually got some like flashbacks to 
his time as Ronan, and we actually got to see Natasha from Endgame and his family from Endgame. And I think it's um, mm-hmm. as much as I'm kind of in the survivor's guilt um, camp there, those moments where he was actually kind of like seizing up and having like a physical reaction did, I think, you know, um, kind of uh, provide some room for the argument that it could be PTSD as well. Yeah. I mean, that was a big part of this episode. Like we even got mm-hmm. that callback of when Kate was falling off the off the um, building right? and he cuts her down like, you know, I've saved someone once and look where it got me. You know, it got her hanging off a cliff and now she's dead. Like, yeah. get, get out while you can. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. loved that. And a lot of talk about Natasha this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And I one thing I'll say is I, I haven't seen much of that discussion, but I certainly think survivor's guilt and PTSD are by no means mutually exclusive. You yeah, know, and it could very be true. Very true. Very much yeah. both. Um, and I think you're right. I think the parallels of, like, seeing her hanging there. Though I'm not, I, I, I want to talk more about that, but the first thing is that, how was she hanging? Was that was that supposed to be a reveal of some power she has, or was there just again the lighting? I couldn't tell that she was like caught in something. It's like an, an arrow, like one of those grappling arrows oh, okay. that was stuck to the side of the building. Yeah, Yelena did something to like attach yeah. it to the harness on the front part of her suit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got. Okay. For a minute, I thought that was supposed to be some like reveal of a special power. And I was like, whoa, this is a whole other show. That <laughs> She's Spider Woman. Yeah. Um, I definitely think there was that. I also think, and again, I'm not, maybe I'm just being like a grouchy old man here. I, I felt like Kate was being a complete brat for this episode. And like at the end of it, I would want nothing to do with working with her. Like they had a plan. She completely abandoned it. She didn't listen to him at all. She talked to this guy. And like, I, I, I didn't know if like, we're supposed to think that like the guy she talked to in the elevator somehow like tipped off Maya, or if it was just a coincidence. But I, I thought from Hawkeye, one part of it was, um, like, I don't want to put someone in danger again, especially after the talk I had with your mother. But the other part is like, it is not safe working with this person. She goes off on tangents. She does her own thing. I can't trust her. I think that was the point of it too. I think, yeah. you know, her finding a new way to get inside the building versus, you know, what Clint was telling her to do or saying he was going to do. He's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, three floors up, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, oh, I'm just going to go in the front door. I'm going to, you know use Mm -hmm. common courtesy and ask this man if he needs help with his groceries like it shows like the difference kind of in their styles where he's very used to being you know that spy assassin where she's just like oh i can just get into the building by being nice (laughs) (laughs) i mean but you're right like i feel like her she really abandoned abandoned the plan a little bit like given it kind it kind of worked out but He seemed to very much have a solid plan of how to get this done, and she was in her own little world. But, you know, she's 22 years old. I'm 25. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's too much more I can add to that. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far to say as, as brat, but there is a, an element of in, entitlement to Kate mm-hmm. that's just kind of inherent there. And it doesn't necessarily rub me the wrong way. It's just, you know, all of these characters have their faults, Clint included. Yeah. And uh, I there's enough going for her, just her, her pluckiness and, and likability and just, you know, mm-hmm. her being so gung-ho about the costumes and whatnot. It just, it wins out in the end for me. That's and it, it's kind of like to that point of like that conversation, I think it was in episode one with her mother where it's like, you're, you think you're invincible. And mm-hmm. I think that really showed in like this last scene where she doesn't get the consequences of actions yet. Like right. she just thinks she can waltz into, you know, any old room and have her arrows and somehow be fine. Like 
you know, these are real villains that are not going to hold back. Like, this isn't some competition you're used to. You, you're not as invincible as you think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think all that's true. I think, I think uh, as you said, Jay Scotty, Brad's probably the wrong term. I think it's too oh. gendered a term. Like, I think entitled is a much better term. And I'll, yeah. I will admit my own bias. As I said, I literally went to school with people like this. Like sure, I sure. went to the schools in, in New York City with kids like that. I was on scholarship. I I think though for me, I guess here's the thing. I I want to know and maybe we do maybe the fact that it didn't come up means that the conversation she had with the guy in the elevator was completely innocuous. Mm-hmm. But I, I certainly felt as she was walking out of the elevator that she'd given it away. And like that that there was gonna be some she her, especially her being like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to an Avenger. Isn't that cute and fun? Like, she'd completely spilled the beans, and that was going to be part of why Maya traps her or Elena traps, you know, Lena find out what he need, she needs to find out. It, we didn't get any of that by the end of the episode, so maybe I'm completely wrong there. But that was really the, the, the impression I got out was that she had really screwed up there. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair, and it's not the first time we've seen her abandon plans. Right. So I will be curious to see how her behavior changes going forward because we keep talking about that moment where she's fallen and hanging there but just the look on her face and the the acting by Haley steinfeld you really see the fear there where she's hanging she's like please pull me up like Mm -hmm. so i i will be kind of surprised if she doesn't change a little bit in the the final episodes as far as the unpreparedness and Mm -hmm. gung-ho-ness a little bit there oh yeah i think we're definitely getting her origin story as much as anything Mm -hmm. else so yeah Mm -hmm. okay so I guess let's talk about the beginning. We were left on a cliffhanger last week. And now I feel like we started this episode. I felt like there was going to be some sort of fight. They all just sat down and had dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't know. It seemed like no one was home last week. But all of a sudden, Jack and the mom are home. But, oh, yeah, well. They definitely subverted expectations there. And I, just the main takeaway for me is still the fact that Jack was able to get the drop on Hawkeye. And it just, you know, mm-hmm. continues to solidify the fact that he's hiding something. You know, whether or not he and Eleanor will actually end up being on the same side or opposing each other it remains to be seen. But what really stuck out to me is the, the follow-up scene to that after Clint made his exit. And it was just the three of them. And I couldn't help but think this is three actors playing people that are acting and you just like really saw like Kate accept the fact that like if I'm going to have any kind of like survivability in this environment I just have to be as fake and lie as much as they do as much as they're lying to each other it's just three liars lying to each other and it's it's really sad and, and poignant yeah mm-hmm. I think it really seemed that way mm-hmm. like it really seemed like they were all just putting up a front you know, ha- like this happy family kind of front when each of them definitely seems like they have some sort of dark secret. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where I wonder where this is going. Like, I know that on the, the uh, other, the MCU uh, cast discussions about this beyond just the midnight ones, like Matt especially has been big on the idea of that Duquesne isn't some like secret agent. He's just like a stepdad who's, you know, trying to win and win, win with a stepdaughter, but isn't very good at it. And mm. I'm so torn because on the one hand, I feel like this could well be that, yeah, they all have some dark secrets. I feel like one of them has to, given all the stuff that their family is connected to. But I also kind of like the idea of like, you know, three people sitting down at a dinner table and they're all lying through their teeth because they all have all this hidden feelings. Like, 
that happens at family tables all over the country, all over the Very world. True. You know, you don't need deep secret agendas. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of hope that at least one of the two parents is more on that regard. And I, I think I'm with Matt that I, I feel like it's going to be him. But, but also this episode, it did feel like we were trying to get, I don't know, it feels like there's so much happening that I'm kind of, I'm loving this show, but I'm curious how they're going to give us, you know, the resolution of Maya's story and Yelena, what's going on with her and the stuff with the parents and mm-hmm. the Ronin tracksuit mafia stuff and get Hawkeye back home for Christmas. Cause if he's not home for Christmas, we riot. Like, I think that's what I am. I don't know if anybody else is. Oh, but like, <laughs> I agree. I, I was thinking the same thing too. I, I was just, I was thinking the same thing. There's a lot to do and only two episodes left. Mm-hmm. And like, if you think about it, what, if, you know, we don't get everything resolved in this series, what is the next project that we get all these, you know, storylines and characters in? Like, we don't even know. I don't know if anything that's been announced yet has any sort of connection to this story. Well, Echo has her own show coming. That's you're true. Right. You're right. That's you're right. true. I think that was one of the coming soon ones, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. one of the recent ones? Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And I think wasn't there, doesn't, like, I thought there was something about Val and the group that she's putting together is going to mm. get a movie, like, by next by 2023 or something. I don't know uh, if that was confirmed. I that don't think there's anything official. Maybe, yeah, maybe okay. that might have been, like, a something pulled out of an interview or something like that. But I don't think there's been an official statement yeah. indicating that that's the case. Okay. Because, mm. yeah, you're right. We don't know beyond that where else these things are going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel pretty confident that Young Avengers is on the table in some fashion. We keep bringing up Val. Maybe it'll be the uh, Thunderbolts in some fashion as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no f- official word quite yet. Do you think... Uh, should we just now get into full-on like uh, speculation for this? Sure. For this? Yeah, sure. let's get into yeah. it. You want to you wanna take it? Well, I think... I think I mean, normally, I'm the one who's the most sort of anti-speculation, but I think... <laughs> There's a timing thing that I think everyone's been talking about that we need to mention, which is that, you know, after last episode, we get that just shot of the uncle's hand and the half second of a laugh. And a lot of us, myself included, were like, is that that Vincent D'Onofrio? Is that Mm -hmm. that Kingpin coming back? Mm -hmm. Then a couple of days later, Feige confirms that um, Charlie Cox will be playing Matt Murdock as Daredevil. At some point. And, and he says it in this kind of cagey, like, if we bring Daredevil back. But it seemed a very, like, there's some level of Daredevil coming back. Mm-hmm. It, it felt to me almost impossible that it's a coincidence that Feige says that about Charlie Cox and Daredevil two days after this thing has happened that makes a lot of us think Vincent D'Onofrio and Kingpin are coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really get anything, but just, since, it's, since it was in this last week that we got the Charlie Cox news... What do you all think? Uh, am I finally falling? Like, I, I resisted Mephisto. I resisted all of it. Am I finally falling uh, prey to the idiot conspiracy theories? Or is there something here? Well, I feel like one thing I've learned with years with Marvel is nothing is ever a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I fully believe that I'm fully on board that this is Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. And mm-hmm. Kevin Feige made this announcement in particular last week because of right. the episode that we got. Right. Yeah. I'll say, you know, that's the, the thing about speculation. As long as speculation doesn't turn into expectation, yeah. it's, it's all well and good. But I agree. I don't think the, 
the timing is um, coincidence. We often mm-hmm. say in Kevin Feige, we trust the man knows what he's doing. Um, the synergy would work out awfully well. And we talk about just how much the show has left to do in the final two episodes, but it's, it is kind of fitting that once this, as this show's kind of reaching its end, we will have the, the next theatrical entry, no way home. And there is potential if they wanted to, you know, continue yeah. that synergy with us getting the confirmation of Wilson Fisk. There's certainly an opportunity for a certain uh, lawyer that operates in the, yeah, one of the New York boroughs that could uh, appear in that movie if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because Wilson Fisk is, we now think of him very much as a daredevil villain in this part of the MCU, but he True. was very much a Spider-Man villain Correct. in the comics yeah. for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the only nod to that we got this episode was Clint saying, oh, does he work for the big guy? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was, it was kind of a little throwaway comment, which, mm-hmm. by the way, his wife is an MVP. Like, she speaks Russian. She's doing all this, like, background, like, spy, like, stuff. I'm like, oh, Laura. <laughs> Laura, you get it, girl. And also, I love <laughs> that Linda Cardellini continues to come back just for, like, a couple minutes to be in the show. Like, she's oh, been yeah. in yeah. a few episodes, and I just, I love that she just, like, comes back for these little roles. It just, yeah. ugh, the continuity is fantastic. And I have love to it. say... I said this was a concern I had after the first two episodes, and I think by now I can say it's not happening. I'm so glad. I was worried that one of the things they were going to set up is that, like, Clint is kind of a father figure to Kate, and that Clint's kids are sort of like, why are you spending time with her instead of spending time with us? Like, they seem to be avoiding that trope entirely, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clint's got enough on his plate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's already got a kid he doesn't pay attention to. Wanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, Clinton. <laughs> so last thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm wondering if you all picked up on this, and I don't think they're going to make a huge deal of it, but I thought this was a kind of cool dynamic, is that if I understand what's going on correctly, you know, both Yelena and Maya are trying to get him, but Yelena wants revenge on Hawkeye. Uh, Maya wants revenge. Echo wants revenge on Ronan, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I think there was kind of a fun dynamic there. And I'm like, I could see Elena and Maya teaming up, but also like they're kind of going after different people. Like it's the same person, obviously, but they're going after these two very different sides of who he was. And I don't know how that's going to play out, but I think it's some really fascinating. Since so much of the story is about him trying to integrate all these parts of himself, I'm really curious to see how that's all going to play out. Mm-hmm. And I I think I mentioned it last week, but. It's very interesting because the photo that Val shows Yelena, Clint is in his Ronin suit. Like, minus the mask, he's in the full Ronin suit. So is Mm -hmm. Yelena the one that reveals to Maya, like, this is the guy. Like, the Ronin man you're looking for is him. Because I don't think she doesn't know that. She doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see. That does kind of remind me of one of the scenes that, that we didn't mention at all, but the fact that we've got this character of Kazi, who is uh, Maya's right-hand man, like Clint makes the effort to kind of go to him and be like, you know that she's chasing a ghost. So I, I wonder if, if there'll be um, some questioning of her, her leadership and maybe that's kind of where she'll have her turn from antagonist to maybe anti-hero going into her own series when she kind of loses the support of the the tracksuit mafia and with that in mind i think this is the first episode we did not get a bro oh what a shame i think you're right yeah true damn Hmm. all right 
Uh, we're pretty much at time, but before we go, we're on episode four. On a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that Clint will make it home for Christmas? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at a an eight. Okay, you're pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's got a lot on his plate. It'd be pretty messed up if they don't let him get home for the holidays. I'm a solid ten because I do think that it would be. I I might stop watching Marvel if he doesn't. I think think a lot of like I, 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 the way they have said it, it feels like it would be so emotionally manipulative in a. I'm not trying to channel Jeff Randall here. I promise. It would feel like a very DC move for him to not make it home. Like, just I, I feel like from Marvel, at least we've gotten used to like if they push something this hard, like it, it'd be almost a Joss Whedon thing to kill him. You know, like to mm-hmm. kill him before he gets home. I, I, mm. I just, I just don't. I, I would be so baffled by this by the bad writing if they kill him off. Um. So yeah, I, I like, and in some ways, it's I. It, Part of me wishes that they hadn't pushed it so hard because maybe it would like it would be interesting to know like is he going to make it home or not. At this point, I think there's no way he doesn't. Mm-hmm. It would just be such bad writing. I think if he doesn't make it home, that I'm like starting to think yes, he does make it home. But does he bring Yelena with him? Ooh. Like, and they kind of have a little Ooh. cute celebration of Nat's life. Oh, I, oh yeah. if I oh damn it! Like you said expectations i gotta manage my expectations but if that doesn't happen i'm gonna be very disappointed (laughs) i I feel like we're going to get that i with so much going on i don't know if we can earn that in the next two episodes you know like i feel like there'd have to be so much connection happening between the two of them um maybe it could but i feel like you'd have to kind of have one whole episode that's just the two of them fight 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 talk 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 fight 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 Mm -hmm. hug 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 could be could be with like the final two episodes the next episode depending on how they play it could be hawkeye and yelena kind of catching up and then kate on the other side really uncovers the plot of what's going on with her mother um, and stepfather Mm -hmm. and then we all come back together for the finale because that's one of the things we haven't really talked about with the episode as much as it um the title is you know partners am i right by the end of this episode they aren't really partners anymore Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On some level, they never were. But true, true. But yeah. but yeah, I think he he. So yeah, I mean, so solo, they have to get back together again as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Well, I think we are at time. It is three thirty a.m. for me here <laughs> in Milwaukee. So I've got my Sounds Elena good. vest on. I think I'm just gonna <laughs> hop right back into bed. I nice. hope you guys do the same. So yeah. Well, I just part of sign up, um, Melissa. What else are you up to? Where else can people find? Uh, where, where, where are you making content these days? Yeah. So I just uh, finished up the new Strain of Panda Network website. It looks pretty good if i do say so myself just toot my own horn if you want to go to strandedpanda.com and check it out sign up for the newsletter take a look around the pages all that good stuff we've got info on all the other shows in the network including animation deliberation first uh scotty and zoo hair and then matthew fox we've got your star wars universe podcast as well as superhero ethics so yep. check out the website as well as the stranded panda tiktok which is at stranded panda I have to say, you asked me to give you my Patreon information uh, for that website. I was like, ah, I haven't done anything with Patreon. So I spent a couple of hours fixing up my Patreon. Didn't think it would matter at all. You published the website, and three hours later, I had a new patron. So thank hey. you so much. Awesome, awesome. job. That's great. Uh, 
Jay Scotty, what's going on with Animation Deliberation these days? Yeah, uh, Animation Deliberation is the podcast on the network that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. So as we continue our weekly coverage for Young Justice on HBO Max, Young Justice Season 4, that is, uh, we also just did some special coverage for Hitmonkey on Hulu, and that was a lot of fun. So I encourage you to check it out and uh, tune in. That's T-O-O-N. Uh, and as mentioned by Melissa, I do the Superhero Ethics and the Star Wars Universe podcast. We are going to be kicking off all the coverage of Book of Boba Fett as soon as that show goes live. Uh, myself and Ashley Coffin, as well as Paul Hoppy, uh, are going to be doing uh, coverage of The Witcher. That's going to go live on Panavision pretty soon. And the one thing I really want to push is that I'm doing a survey of fans. Just really kind of get a sense of what people enjoy, what people don't enjoy. If you check out the podcast that I do, um, you can find it on my website, theethicalpanda.com. Just click on Fan Survey. Take 30 seconds to fill it out. be a huge help. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, and I guess I, I can do sign off. My, I have myself, Jay Scotty, Melissa. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. To our fans, you're the ones who make this happen. Uh, I'm sure Ed, Matt will do all the information about how to contact us. But as always, let us know what you think. And have a great day. See ya. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. 